Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into part two of this episode of Nick's Mail.Bag. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Zach Delizio and Matt Weiss. And we are going to finish answering your questions, which we uh, started answering on the last show. And my God, there were so many again. So uh, we're just going to hop right into it with part two. But if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to part one, definitely go back and listen to part one first. And so without further ado, let's get into the rest of the questions. Our next question from the Bub Zone. Are the Knicks the worst covered team in sports, meaning negativity, the law Knicks memes, the Knicks for clicks content, stuff like that? Uh, and if not, could you name another team in sports that's covered worse than the Knicks? Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely close. It's hard to – I'm not really familiar with hockey. The only competition I could really say is actually the Jets, uh, which obviously peaked with the butt fumble. Uh, and sort of has been like that since then. And fairly, honestly, uh, I think the Jets are much more deserving of what they get than the Knicks are, to be honest, at this point. Um, but I think they're close. I think there's sort of, it's almost like the same thing in just a different sport, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, on, on the aggregate, I think so. It's definitely, at least the Jets, there's, there are two different teams in the city. So by virtue of that, they have half the attention. Um, so in a certain sense, yeah, I mean, it's, it's blatantly clear what, what organizations and, and media groups do with the Knicks name. Like it, it's just, it's like a meme. It really is a meme. It's not an exaggeration. Like <clears throat> it's just a meme and it's, people will bring it up when it has no relevance to anything at, at hand. Like they do with the Lakers, like when they, <clears throat> Was it during the finals when they had a – they were talking about Anthony Davis at, like, halftime? It's like, hello, this is the NBA final. It's the same shit. Like, why is anyone talking about the Knicks all these times? Totally unclear. People just like to get their jokes off. Uh, it's ridiculous. But what else is new? Yeah. Matt, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I, I think it – so I was just thinking, like, among New York teams, the teams they clown the most are definitely the, the Knicks – Mets and Jets. The thing is, like Zach said, like 
the Mets and Jets, I mean, the Mets don't really deserve it anymore, and they're also not getting clowned this year because they don't deserve it anymore. So, like, the thing is, the Knicks don't really deserve it anymore either, and they're still getting clowned. Um, So, you know, that's the difference. Like, the Jets and Mets have mostly deserved it in ways the Knicks haven't recently. Um, And, you know, the Jets haven't turned it around yet, but I think they, if, you know, when they do, and they they probably have started to turn around, but, like, you know, I think it'll probably stop. Um, and the Mets, it has that. Like, people are not shitting on the Mets this year because they're fucking 21 games over 500 on June 20th. Um, so, but if the Knicks, meanwhile, when they were, like, in good two years ago, two seasons ago, rather, um, people were still shitting all over them. I, I don't think there's... The only way... We've talked about this before, but, like, the only way the Knicks can get out of this is to win a championship, um, which is not the case for the Mets or the Jets. I, they just have to be, like, competent to get out of out of that hole that they were in. Um, if you're going outside of New York, the angels are clowned on a lot, but again, that's deserved because like they have trout and Otani and they still suck. (laughs) They still suck every year because they just have no idea how to build a team around them. So like, it's kind of, how could you, they they deserve it. Like the thing is, it's just the Knicks deserved it, you know, 10 years ago, but well, no, 10 years ago, they were already good. So they didn't even really deserve it 10 years ago, but you know, the Knicks deserved it like 15 years ago, but they don't really deserve it anymore. So that's the difference. Yeah, I. so I'll throw another wrinkle into this. Like, if we're just talking about general coverage and stuff, like, a lot of people, I've seen people complain, you know, in different NBA fan bases about, like, oh, the beat writers don't know shit, you know, whatever. They don't actually know, like, basketball, whatever. Which, fine, that's probably the case with a lot of them. But with the Knicks, I think, outside of a select few that have had, like, a really good grasp of the game, like that's definitely true that I feel like a lot of them just don't don't understand how to analyze basketball beyond just like quotes and shit and like basic stats. You know what I mean? Like I love Berman to death and I think he actually does a really good job of getting the quotes and getting interesting interviews and stuff like that. But I don't think he really like knows ball. You know what I mean? Like you show him basketball and ask him to like explain what's happening beyond like, oh, so-and-so just scored a basket. And it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not going to claim to be a super expert at that either, but I've at least tried to, get better at my craft in that way a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but in, in fairness to Berman, and I know you're not saying this because you, you love Berman, but in fairness to him, like, his job is literally not that. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's paid to, like, stir shit. Yeah. Um, he's really good at it. So he is very good at his job. But And and it's sort of the same for, like, Bondi and stuff like that. But I think the difference maker, as far as the Knicks are concerned, too, with the media coverage being worse, is that not only do the Knicks have – some guys that cover the team that aren't necessarily like super in tune with, uh, you know, the basketball side of things and are more just like into like the rumors and like the tabloid type shit. But also like, I can't think of a single team that has a like beat writer or like media person contingent that feels so comfortable, like openly assaulting the fans. Mm. Like, it's just really weird the dynamic between like the Knicks beat and the fans. And you'll see guys that come in with like relatively good reps, you know, that come into the Knicks beat then and all of a sudden start getting like mad snarky. I think because of like th- just the overall environment. And, you know, I, I have no qualm saying like fuck Frank Isola like all the way because he's a huge asshole and like gets off the hook just because like, well, he's a journalist and blah, blah, blah. And someone was mean to him. And it's like, you're a public figure, dude. Like, deal with it. You know, the fact that these people exist to hate read your shit is why you have a job. Like, so stop going into people's DMs and, like, calling them pieces of shit all the time. And then maybe people would hate you less, you know? 
because people are always going to, it would be like people listen to locked on Knicks and I get fucking like hate mail, hate tweets, whatever. Be like, Alex, you're a fucking idiot. And I just ignore them because it's really easy to just ignore that and just be like, well, a bunch of other people like my work, so I don't really give a shit. And yet with the Knicks beat, it's just like there's seen. And I think there's been a bit of a like, if you notice, there's a lot less like Bondi stories going around these days about Bondi sliding into people's DMs and yelling at them and shit. I think because some of these newspapers took a look and were like, "Uh, hey, maybe it's a bad business model for us to have our writers literally like sliding into people's DMs and calling them uneducated piece of shit. Like, and, you know, maybe that's not good for like a dying industry. So that's kind of where I'm at with like the Knicks in relation to other teams. It's, I feel like it's gotten a little better uh, in the last few years, especially once I solo left the beat because he, again, was a huge piece of shit. Um, But like, I think that in general, the Knicks beat writers feel like just this weird, like, adversarial relationship with the people that are literally paying their salaries. It's all like, I mean, to your point about, and I don't want to name any names, but to your point about new people coming in and like acting in ways that we didn't expect them to, and ended up being kind of hostile to fans. Like, yeah, I have someone pretty specific in mind that again, I will not name, but if you, you, I think you guys all know who I'm talking about. If you are following me here, um, no, yeah, and, I, I specifically was thinking of someone when I said that too, and I didn't. No, know I know, him. I know. We were thinking of the same person. I know exactly what you're thinking of. Um, I actually like his yeah. work, but I don't like uh, in some cases. But and I don't want to like shit on the guy because I don't think he's a bad guy. But I've also noticed like a stark shift in tone. Yeah, it, it was not this way when he started. Yeah. Um, and I agree, his work is really good. I'm pretty like I'm pretty happy with his work, but um, like I don't necessarily always agree with his take. He, takes into angles but like it's just he doesn't like to like he and he i really don't remember him being this way when he first started on the beat he but he since you know recently he doesn't like to be challenged at all and becomes like a real asshole if he is mm-hmm. um and you know it's not just beat writers there are certain other people acting that way too um well they're they're like fringe yeah you know personalities yeah like i yeah. mean i'll fucking say if i could say if i'm gonna say i stole his name i have to say tommy d's name too like he's a jack yeah right yeah no that's true i, I shouldn't have avoided saying tommy d's and, name you're and, totally right yeah. Just, yeah he's very off-putting and you know basically exists to try to like get people pissed off to try to keep his profile alive or whatever um but um anyway sorry go ahead i don't know i want to make another point go ahead no that's it <laughs> That's no. it. That's, that's all I got to say. I mean, it's just, okay. it, there's just an unfortunate amount of like adversarial people. But uh, I think this happens because the national media has created a um, ecosystem where like they think this is what it's okay, you know? Because like, and the problem is you have so many, like the Knicks fans in the national media are people like Stephen A. Smith, who's fucking embarrassing. Um, or. They're all the like Gen X sad boy people who like, you know, want everyone to shit on the Knicks because they think the Knicks will never be good and they can never do anything right. And like, they're only doing that because they, you know, they're worried that people will like call them homers if they don't say that. This doesn't fucking happen with the Lakers or the Celtics, by the way. No, you can be fucking Bill Simmons and like, you know, be a homer about the Celtics on your giant sports website and and your giant sports podcast. Nobody says a shit about it. I mean, a lot of people do about Bill Simmons, but you know what I mean? Like he gets away with it with like other other people on his level. Um, and no one who's a fan of the Knicks gets away with that shit on, on that level. So that's why there's like, I think that creates this ecosystem where the beat writers can be shitty to the fans. 
Yeah, I also, I guess one last thing she said inspired me for another like small point here. I do think that because of the, like, I don't think that the fans have no part in the adversarial relationship. No, they do. But yeah, they, I, I think that the, I think that the beat writers should just in general be above it because you're a professional and you're supposed to be the one that kind of has the cooler head. Um, which I'm not even immune myself. Like I told someone today, like, I don't give a shit what you think on Twitter <laughs> about something, you know, because they were just being like, well, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I truly don't give a shit what you think. So but, like, the point is they don't like, I, I don't really think Knicks, Knicks fans are that much worse than if at all than Lakers and Celtics fans. And like, we don't see stories where the Lakers and Celtics beats like attacking their fans constantly. Well, and I think I, I was going to say too, like the, Knicks fans are always, I think, more on the defensive because of taking so much shit from the national media, too, that then it just creates a scenario where then if the beat writers are sort of writing stuff that sort of jives with, like, the Knicks are shitty, it's like, come on, man, like, can't we have, like, one person on our fucking yeah. side? And then, you know, all of a sudden they're going for, you know, people are going for, like, Bondi or Berman or whoever's throat just being like, why the fuck are you writing all these like scathing editorials? Like, my God, we read enough of this on ESPN. Like, can we just get some objective like Knicks coverage here? Um, and I think it just gets tiring to the fans after a while, and which then leads the fans to want to lash out more. Yeah. But again, and like, sorry, I'm just going to remake this point because I didn't make it clearly last time. And I want to like, I don't want people to think I'm saying that Bill Simmons doesn't get shit. Um, but like, you don't have a Knicks person on the level of Bill Simmons who is unabashedly a homer uh, and gets away with it. Bill Simmons gets away with it among people, among his peers. Nobody among his among Bill Simmons' peers gives him shit about being such a homer about the Celtics. And by the way, being such a piece of shit about the Knicks all the time. Which, like, why is he punching down so much? Mm -hmm. Well, because he's Bill Simmons. And oh, right. I know. I know. That was a rhetorical question. I know why <laughs> he's punching down. Um, so I think that, like, that's just what annoys me the most. Is, like, there you don't have anyone on any... Like, the most famous Knicks fan is, well, Spike Lee. But besides Spike Lee, the most famous Knicks fan in media is probably Stephen A. Smith. And, like, he doesn't defend them ever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, like, like you said, kind of an embarrassment. as a Right. Fan. So, like, that's why this happens. Like, everyone, the, the beat all think that, like, well, you know, everyone says the Knicks fans and the Knicks are an embarrassment. So, like, why should I, like, take their shit from them? Like, yeah, the Knicks fan, you're totally right that Knicks fans, like, are not blameless here. Like people need to chill the fuck out, but um, you could say that about know. any fan base. And yet, right. unfortunately, most, most other fan bases have beat writers that will just be like, I don't give a fuck with these stupid people. Right. right. Unfortunately, like it's on the beat writers to be above it, which is yeah. fair or not. Like that's just, that's how it has to be. Well, it's like, it's like when you talk about it at a, at a game, you know, it's on the players to not get pissed off and throw a fucking water bottle at a fan in the middle right. of the game, tackling them. Right. You know, like just go through the proper channels. Like it's the equivalent, you know, that's like the equivalent of sliding into someone's DMs to call them an uneducated piece of shit. And the proper <laughs> response is literally just to hit the report button on Twitter and say they're harassing me. And right. then maybe they'll get banned and then they won't do it anymore. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it's really that simple. But anyway, we've we've gone on quite a it's I mean, it's a provocative question, but we've gone on for enough and we're going to be here till fucking midnight if we keep going so um we'll do the rapid fire round with the west the rest of jordan's questions that made it here uh quickly zach to get you involved again i'm so <laughs> sorry you keep getting buried in this episode uh <laughs> what would you consider a successful knicks offseason quickly uh if they are like 500 and are not playing vets that much that's not right. russian 
Well, that's <laughs> not regular season, not question. off season. But you're both speaking at the exact same. I don't know what you're saying. Rah, 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 rah. No, okay. Uh, that's regular season, not off season. Oh, I don't fucking know. Uh, uh, don't trade for Russell Westbrook. Okay. Uh, Matt, what's your deal? Whatever. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I was going to say something like, don't take on any bad contracts. Uh, keep flexibility. You know, find a way to prioritize the young guys. Yeah, I'm pretty much there too. Don't uh, don't make any stupid trades. Preferably get rid of Randall and clear the way for the youth movement. Uh, if you can find the right deal, trade up for Jaden Ivey, but don't go too crazy trying to do that unless you're positive that he's going to be like a megastar. Um, and if Mitch is going, make sure you address the big position and get someone to fill those minutes because like Nerlens Noel starting with Jericho Sims and Taj Gibson backing him up is fucking hack it next year. So. Um, definitely do that too. Uh, all right. Next question from Jordan for the rapid fire. What's more likely the Knicks trade up or trade down this year? Matt, what do you think? Uh, trade up just cause there have been, there's been a lot of smoke around them wanting to trade up for, for Ivy. I think we just haven't heard much about them trading down. I think it's, it's possible if the draft breaks in a weird way, but I think it's more like they, they move up. Yeah. Zach, what do you think? Up. Yeah. I think up to statistically based off their past performances, it's definitely more likely that they trade down. But I think in this particular draft, I think they're going to look at it and be like, it's like what we were just talking about. Someone out of a pretty solid consensus top 10 is going to fall to 11. And I think if they're staring that in the face and they haven't made a trade for Ivy, they're going to be pretty hard pressed to be like, no, let's trade back and get like some middling piddly shit asset, you know, to potentially lose out on a much better player at, at pick 11. So. Uh, I'm kind of with you there, unless they're super sold on someone like a Jang or something. In which case, I trust their judgment because they they have not missed on a draft pick yet in the Leon Rose regime. So, uh, pretty hard to argue. Uh, all right, next question, rapid fire. What's more likely the Knicks give up in acquiring the fourth overall pick, Cam or Obi? Absolutely, Cam. I think. Is there any arguments there? More likely. More more likely. Um, I think it's. Obi. No, I think it's still Cam, but it's closer than you're acting like, Alex. Like, I, I think it's Cam because they would use Cam as that final sweetener with mostly draft compensation. I agree with you, but I think there's a chance that they, if they really want to hold Randall, that they're like, we'll trade you Obi instead of trading on the draft compensation. I guess that's true. I guess I'm maybe just projecting that I hope that they're not totally on board with like holding Randall. But um, yeah, I guess <laughs> that's where I'm at there. Um, Zach, what do you think briefly? Obi. Obi? Okay. Like, by what margin? Big margin? Small margin? No, a tiny bit. But just because they seem to be valuing wings like we talked about earlier. Yeah. All right. Uh, to move to the next one, rapid fire from Jordan. For RJ Barrett to reach all-star level and higher, what skill and players does he need to be surrounded with for him to reach that potential? Uh, Zach, this is an NBA question. Go. Skill <laughs> and player. Uh, well, the, the skill, I mean, just sort of like, I, I guess it's still just shooting or find, finding a balance of the, the shot balance, you know, like just finding that middle ground. Um, but it's, it's more than shooting. It's just sort of like, I, I guess finishing also, I, I don't really, it's not really something specific so much as just kind of everything a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not like he's been a good enough shooter where I'm not you can't just say like shooting like like with Obi right like with Obi it's like okay just learn to shoot but RJ's a way better shooter than that 
So it's not just learn to shoot. It's like learn to shoot, but at the right time and the mid range, even though you could already shoot the three, let's get a mid range and get your finishing up stuff like that. Uh, who should you be playing around shooters? Um, people with a high basketball IQ, people who move the ball. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'll zero in on a specific skill, I guess, uh, in the interest of the exercise and say like self-created and pull up shooting. Um, mm-hmm. if you can work on that, he's already so good at spot up and working with like a pick and stuff like that, that that's sort of the logical next step. Can he just break a guy down off the dribble? And he got better at that this year, but he definitely needs to get even better. Um, and then same deal, smart players, connectors, guys that can shoot maybe a lob threat. Cause honestly it got swept under the rug this year, but he and Mitch had a great combination, uh, in 2021 prior to Mitch getting hurt of, like just running that quick pick and roll at the top and RJ finding Mitch for lobs and stuff like that. So getting him a nice pick and roll threat, I think would be good as well. But yeah, mostly just shooting and smart players, which is basically just the basic answer for everybody. Um, but Matt, what do you think? Do you have a different take on I'm gonna pull. A, I'm going to pull an I agree and say I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, next, basically same question for IQ. For IQ to reach all-star status or higher, what skill does he need? Or what skills does he need to reach that level? Zach, go. With skills, uh, his handle probably just keep really turn up that handle. He's getting yeah. better. Uh, I guess that's for skills, like also decision making. But that is that really like a skill? Yeah, I think it is. I think yeah, you can learn okay. better decision making. Yeah, yeah, in a less traditional sense, decision making. But that's like that's normal point guard shit. So I'll say the handle for sure. Yeah, I think handle and ability to finish through contact on the inside or to find contact on the inside. Like he's great at finding contact before he gets all the way to the rim, but he's shown improvement this year, but he needs to continue that of, of aggressively seeking contact. And then I actually think for the size of his frame and everything, he did a great job like maneuvering through that contact and finishing some really hard and ones this year, but just keep building on that. I think is really important because obviously the pull-up shooting and all that is there for him already. Um, Matt, what do you think? Um, just to, pick something different. Uh, I'm going to say he's got, he's pretty good. His defense is pretty good, but he could probably get a little better. Yeah. Just better at reading the game and right. Yeah. Not when to gamble, when not. Right. Right. Like, I mean, he's never going to be like, cause of his size, he's never going to be like a top defender, but I think he could, I think he hasn't hit his, his ceiling. Yeah. Uh, all right, Zach, uh, same question basically, but for Obi. So for Obi to reach all-star status, what skills does he need to work on? Uh, shooting. Shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one. I think it's obviously shooting. Yeah. Everybody in unison. I agree. <laughs> uh yeah, just shooting for Obi. That's definitely the the swing skill. Because we saw when he was hitting threes consistently down the stretch of the season, he was a fucking monster. Um yeah. so that's definitely what he needs. Uh all right. I I you know what? This one was we basically have already gone over. So Jordan asked, how far should the Knicks be willing to go to trade up to get Jaden Ivy? We basically already answered that. Do they have the assets to move up without giving up something valuable? No, because no matter what, to move up that high, you're going to have to give up something of value. They have, I think, enough to not clean themselves out making that move, which is key. Uh, and then are those players worth a trade up? And who has a better offer to move past the Knicks? So I guess, like, yes, I think they're some of the players they have on the team are worth moving up. I think it would mostly be draft compensation, though. But real quick, I won't even throw it to you, Zach. Uh, but Matt, uh, do you think there's a team that could have a better offer than the Knicks and be? I mean, there, there's probably a team that 
could kind of put together a better offer. That I, I can't think off the top of my head of one, but like, I mean, well, for example, like if OKC really wanted to move up to be in the top five a second time, they could put together a better offer. But like, why would they? I just, it doesn't, no one who would realistically try, I think, could put together a better offer. The only thing I can think of is if Indiana or Detroit are... Oh, yeah, the small move up. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, Like if they're very much into Ivy and they just want to move up one spot, apparently Sacramento, if recent reports are to be believed, are really into Keegan Murray. Mm. Um, So if they're like super into Keegan Murray and they know like, okay, we can just trade with Detroit because they want Ivy. That's interesting because... Sorry to cut you off. um, Uh Because if they really want Keegan Murray... You almost are they. You almost wonder if they like. At one point, do they say we're not going to even take the next package, and we'll just take we'll just take Keegan Murray at four, and we, it, like if the Pacers and and or Pistons don't want to move up. Well, I think that's where something like including Obi in the deal, or yeah. you know them working a three teamer to get John Collins, right? Unlike that comes in because then you just say, all right, well we're getting an offensive minded power forward, you know, that, right can roughly replicate what we were hoping to get at. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Like, is it worth, and I think if it's like a three-team deal, like the Collins, like Collins one, um, with the Hawks, I think it then would be worth it because the Knicks could avoid giving up something that I wouldn't want them to give up. But like, one-on-one, if they're going to be like, well, we'd rather just take Keegan Murray, um, I, don't, I don't, it would be tough to be, be like, tough. I have to get an OV plus three picks or whatever like that. Yeah, yeah, it would be tough for the Knicks to beat out one of those teams that they're like really, really attached to Keegan as a potential draft pick. So yeah. I think that's the answer there. Zach, I'll throw the last rapid fire one to you. Can Cam Reddish reach Andrew Wiggins status or will he reach just below it? And does he still have star potential in him? What is Andrew Wiggins status? Is that like, like well, I mean, like, Andrew Wiggins was technically speaking an all-star starter this year, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's not, we know that's not real. Will Cam Reddish ever uh, be well loved yeah, like by the K-pop community? Can 18 points, 18, 20 points a game, good defense on a championship team where someone else is carrying the offense? Uh, I don't think it's impossible at all. Uh, I think that's the bet they're taking by by grabbing him. Like, no, obvi- I'm not going to say it's likely. Uh, I will not even assign a likelihood. But, yeah, it's absolutely possible. There's no... There's no, I mean, Wiggins was sort of viewed as like a, an albatross contract. <laughs> like it was, he, he was not viewed favorably for a very long time, basically until this year. So, you know, can Cam do that? Yeah. Can he do it without Steph Curry? Uh, I don't know if Wiggins can do it without Steph Curry. So. Yeah. Matt, what do you think about that? Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just agree. I don't really, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on this, honestly. All right, I'll just say I think Cam needs to really work on the decision-making and stuff aspects of the game. Like, he needs to work on the minutiae rather than the God-given gifts department because he obviously has, like, all the God-given gifts of, like, athleticism, ability to get by people, like, shooting ability that really needs to desperately be tuned up, uh, stuff like that. It's all just going to be, like, the the intangibles of him and if he can put it together at this point. I will say, though, like, already to this point in his career, I don't think that he's put together like so he's now three years in i'm just gonna real quick look up like andrew wiggins in his third year by his third year wiggins was already averaging 24 points per game in minnesota like i mean cam hasn't even sniffed that yet like he hasn't even no, it's, it's that. not about the points because that's not who that's not who he is as an idealized player no wiggins. but i think i think if you could take cam though and 
throw him in the role that Wiggins was in. I don't even think he has the raw talent that Wiggins had, is my point. So he's already behind the eight ball there. I mean, I get, but it's not necessarily just about raw talent ever. It's about putting that forward. And he yeah. does have a lot of raw talent. No, I get that. and But what I'm saying is I just think that I think that to get to like Wiggins status, even current Wiggins status, he has a lot of work to do. Like, yeah, I just, I just think people are getting a little caught up in this Wiggins thing because like he had a great, like he had a great playoffs. He deserves that, but the reality is that he's not. He was a twenty point. He was terrible as a twenty four point per game scorer. Like that's not who he should be. So yeah, okay, he scored twenty four points per game, but the reality is. He should probably be a second or third option like he was uh, who can just sort of, you know, take pot shots here and there, but not controlling the offense like that. If he's getting that many shots, it's a bad thing. And and so, you know, are we sure he's that good? I don't know. I thought, I thought you were going to follow that with something. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, that's why I don't understand where people view him. Everyone yeah. says he's terrible for, for fucking eight years. And all of a sudden, he's incredible. I think he's the same player. It's just he's in a completely different context, which makes more sense for him. As it, this goes for all guys all the time. So can Reddish be on that level? Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, because you also need to play with a superstar for that to happen. Well, I think uh, the other thing is that Wiggins did, to his credit, add like five points to his three-point percentage. Like, that's not insignificant. Well, yeah, but it is incidental because he played with Steph Curry. So you yeah. just get I get, shots the, I get that the looks are going to be easier then, but still, I mean, that's that's not a small feat to add five percentage points here. I, I think he does. I mean, Draymond Green shot what, 40% from three one year. You know what I mean? Like, it it happens when you play with Steph Curry. Yeah, I guess so. I, but, I mean, Draymond Green now shoots like 10% from three. So. I know, but he had the one year. That's what I mean. He did. He did have that one year. Yeah, that was, that was quite the year for him. Um, all right. Anyway, we've we've made it past all the basketball crap. And on to the other stuff. Uh, so we're going to do the nerdy crap first. Yeah. Uh, I will. You know, before we do nerd crap, you missed a question. What question did I miss? The the one from Zach McCorney about our boy Pete. Oh shit! How did I miss that? Uh, wait. Where did? Yeah. How? No, I thought that I put that in the off topic or something. I don't. I don't see an off topic. I guess I forgot to. Oh shit! All right, we'll read it off real quick. I don't have it in front of me anymore. Hold on. He, oh, yeah, he asked. All right, here, wait. I can find this real quick. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, you got it? Okay. Yeah. He asked. Um, sorry. He asked, why is Pete Alonso not getting more MVP buzz? Because everybody sucks and everybody hates the Mets. And I changed my mind. They're the worst covered team. <laughs> wait. Why no, would Pete Alonso not be getting MVP buzz? I want to I do this. Uh, I want to do this Mike, Mike and the Mad Dog style. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to quote a, a stat to you, Alex, and then you have to react to that stat and explain why a guy with that stat wouldn't be the MVP. Okay. Do you not remember Mike and the Mad Dog doing this? I don't, but I'm also, like, I'm not as good at bas- or baseball stats as I am with, like, basketball stats, so I don't know if I can make a compelling argument. No, it's, it, go for it. Read it off. We can, all right. Well, anyway, just, just to give the listeners an idea of what's, what I'm talking about, Mike and the Mad Dog used to, when the uh, football schedules come out, would be, like, the Giants schedule come out, and then Mike Francesa would be, like, all right, dog, uh, here we go. Here we go. Week one, Giants. Giants have Patriots. Who you got, dog? And then dog would go, Mikey. You know the Patriots are so good. I, I can't. You can't pick against them. That's a loss. That's a loss, Mikey. I'd say, but that's what? a loss. Wait, 
<laughs> Why does Mad Dog sound like a slightly different version of your Morty? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just had to do a differentiation between. I mean, Chris Russo does have a, a like a weirdly high voice, but oh, oh, geez, Mike, I just I don't know about this, Mike. I just I I don't know if the if the Giants can win this game. They're shit like me. I just I don't know. <laughs> okay, the Giants are dog. Oh, the Giants are two and zero. Oh. They're two and zero oh now going into this Cowboys game. They're at at Dallas. Who you who you got, dog? Mikey, I just you know the thing is that defense, Mikey. You can't pick against that defense. I guess it is kind. Of, I didn't mean to do a morning for this guy. Like morning. All right. Anyway, we get the idea of the thing. Just throw me stats. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you these. Won't be hard stats. I'm okay. All right. All right. Pete Alonso has has 19 home runs in 67 games. Okay. Am I supposed to say how he... I mean, come on. What are you doing? We're playing a game here. Uh, Okay. Wait. So how do I respond to that? Do I say... Uh, Why would somebody who has that many home runs not be the MVP? How could that be the case? Maybe someone has more home runs. All right. Forget it. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) No. Get to the RBIs one because that's... All right. 63 RBIs in 67 games. Yeah. No, that's insane because, you know, on that pace... He's gonna he's gonna have like over 150 RBIs, which just doesn't fucking happen in the modern day MLB. So why he's not getting MVP buzz, leading literally the highest run scoring offense in baseball right now, if I'm not mistaken, um, is beyond me. No, I think the Yankees are outscoring them. I think they have the most, at least as of like three days ago, the Mets had the most runs scored in the majors. They're at least second. They might have had a couple more games. Than the Yankees. If they're not first or second, yeah, first or second with the Yankees, but the Yankees don't matter because they're the other conference. So. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So, yeah, I, there's no reason that he should not be in it just for that alone, that he's batting in that many fucking runs on the best offense in the NL. Um, the Yankees are scoring 5.15 runs a game. The Mets are scoring 5.03 runs a game. Oh, so, my God. Cry me fucking river. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What's another stat? Um, I don't know. You suck at this. We're not going to play this anymore. I understand the assignment now. I did good on oh, that one. All you did was like, oh, it's, you're supposed to be like, well, Maddie, you know, it's it's really, how are you going to, so no one else is going to hit 150 RBIs in this in this season? What are you, you doing? You were you talking like Francesca, so I didn't know I had to talk like more. Oh, you, okay, I should, you're right. That's on me. All right, that's on me. I should talk like Francesca. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Alex, this, this guy, let me tell you, he's a uh, 280 average, 362 OBP, 548 slugging. Oh, oh, gee. Uh, this, is, this sucks. Let's just move on. This is terrible. Yeah, this, I don't. I don't. I this don't isn't working. This isn't working. I don't understand the assignment. Let's I, had, I had something in my mind that's really not playing out this way. So, uh, anyway, Zach, Pete should be the MVP. It's ridiculous. There's a bias against the Mets because they're from New York, but they're not the Yankees. So, you're going to pick Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals. And by the way, every Cardinals fan is racist. So, what does that tell you? <laughs> and the Cardinals suck. And. Yeah. Also, Carlos Beltran should have won MVP too. And I mean, he should, yeah. I mean, if you want me to really go on tinfoil hat mode, talk about 2006 MVP not being being fucking Ryan Howard. Yeah, fuck Ryan or, Howard. Or, or by the way, by the way, sorry, you got me started. I'll, I'll make this real quick. <laughs> um, by the way, the reason, the quote unquote reason that Beltran couldn't be MVP in twenty in 2006 was because the Mets had too many good players. Okay, fine, we'll accept that stupid logic. Then in 2007. David Wright couldn't be the MVP because they didn't win the division, and we had to give it to one of the really good Phillies players. What? And the Phillies had like mad good players that year. Yeah, and Jimmy Rollins got it. Jimmy fucking Rollins. He, like he's a. I like Jimmy Rollins. He's a good player, but he didn't. What? No, Jimmy I Rollins. Use opposite Jimmy. logic. 
in back-to-back years just because they didn't want to give him best player of the MVP. That's stupid. Jimmy, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, and for the love of fucking God, Chase Utley. Chase Utley, yeah. yeah. Chase Utley sucks. I will never, ever forgive Chase Utley, I'll never forget that sign in the, uh, in the playoffs when they, when they came back to, to City Field after uh, – he broke Todd's leg. There was a sign that one of the fans was holding up that said, Utley, you butley. And it's just so stupid, <laughs> but I'll never forget it. And also Terry Collins with his amazing rant the year after yeah. being like, look at what he did to my boy. And you guys didn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's so many good Terry Collins rants. When that night that, um, that Wilmer Flores got traded and then got untraded and yeah. uh, Terry in the post game, they're asking him like, Terry, what happened? You know, we saw Flores crying and he goes, yeah, you know, I saw Flores crying, and I go up to uh, to David Wright, and I say, David, what the hell's going on here? And David says, I think, uh, Coach, I think Wilmer got traded. And I, and I was like, Wilmer got traded? To, to who? For what? And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh, Terry, I missed that guy. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was good, except for when he then accuses his players of being traded. Yeah, okay, you know, that's not great. Not great to accuse Matt Harvey of, uh, of the Being shit. a cokehead, but... But anyway. hey, we got Buck is also pretty funny, so it's it's a good. Yeah. I'm Buck, pretty happy. Buck is really funny. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Hard to disagree with that. After the NBA playoffs, new customers could bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred dollars in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details. So anyway, all right, to move on to our to the nerdy shit. Now we're on to the nerdy shit. Uh, talk about Obi-Wan. So if any of you aren't caught all the way up on Obi-Wan, skip ahead a little bit until we're done talking about Star Wars shit. Um, but yeah, we're going to do the... It's basically all Obi Wan questions. So, Zach, are you caught up on Obi Wan? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling he's about to uh, get. I'm trying to even remember what happened last week, but well, if you read the first when I hear when I do the first question, if it doesn't make any sense to you, you're not caught up. Let's put it that way. Um. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay. 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 All right. So our first question in the nerdy shit comes from Jax365. Uh, Obi-Wan question. Did you expect Reva to be after Vader and hold Obi-Wan responsible for his turning? Um, I, I don't know for sure if she necessarily like held. Did she say like. No, she didn't hold Obi-Wan responsible. She she blamed Obi-Wan for not stopping him. Yeah, that's that's more I thought what it was. More Which so is hilarious right. because like he kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> he just he like was... didn't double tap. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no. What she meant because you know Obi Obi Wan at the time was off fighting fighting General Grievous, which like Reva didn't know. But she was like, "Why weren't you there to sit oh. the younglings from yeah, from massacre?" Yeah, no, Obi Wan was yeah, she was a fucking child, and Obi Wan was literally on a different planet, like in a lightsaber battle with uh, Mister Four Sabers. So. Yeah, yeah, why don't we talk about uh, Yoda? Oh, no, he was on Kashyyyk, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Yoda was on Kashyyyk at the time. 
Yeah, all yes. the Jedi were spread out there. Yeah, like five hundred Jedi there. You do end up being dead. You know. Yeah. yeah Sorry, like, I cut you off. You were probably saying something better than the dumb thing I said. <laughs> no, it's just funny. Like, uh, listen, I, I think I, I'm enjoying the show. The show, I think it's really fun to poke holes in Star Wars. Like, yeah, yeah. like even I, I hate when people take it really seriously. I like to joke about it. It's a lot of fun to joke about it, but I don't mean it because I'm enjoying the shit out of the show. Did I expect this to happen? No, but like it was obvious she was a girl in the first uh, yeah. shot of the show. Like that was pretty obvious, right? Like, yeah. So you know, there was something going on. Whatever, I'm cool with it. it was I just cool. think the ultimate, like the end game of it all, with her using her position to like hunt Vader, essentially, I didn't see coming. Although I will give credit to another question asker uh, that's coming up in a minute. G baked in Discord did call that in the yeah. Um, I thought that it was going to be that she um, bl- essentially was after Obi-Wan because she blamed him for not, um, like, you know, stopping what happened and that she maybe hadn't firsthand seen Anakin murdering all of her fellow younglings and it just escaped. And so she never even knew that Anakin was part of it sort of thing. Um, she did know that Anakin was Darth Vader, so that doesn't really work, but... Um, yeah, I guess. I guess so. I agree that I wasn't necessarily expecting her to be hunting Vader this whole time. And like, honestly, whatever. To, to Zach's point about like, is making fun of Star Wars can be fun. Like, her logic literally makes no sense. Not that yeah. she killed Vader, but like, she killed a bunch of. She openly admitted to killing a bunch of like people mm-hmm. to get close to Vader. Like, at what point is it worth it? You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, like when have you lost the plot? Okay. Yeah, when yeah. she did, she totally she lost the plot like right away. I mean, she she killed children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I don't know. It like it. I I also agree. It's kind of fun to poke holes in it. I've kind of with Star Wars just understood now at this point because they, well, now they sort of have their version of a Kevin Feige, but for so long they didn't. That I was kind of just like it doesn't have to all make sense. I get way more pissed off of like Marvel doesn't make sense in continuity. Because they actually have a pretty good yeah, they, they they try pretty hard to stay keep on every, yeah, yeah, keep everything continuous. So yeah, I I, I think uh I didn't see this coming with Reva, but uh it wasn't terribly surprising and I quite, sort of like smacked my own head afterwards, was like, damn it, you dummy, like you should have seen that coming. Obviously that's what it was going to be. Was that she was trying to hunt him more so than like get close to him so she could kill him. Uh, more so than just being like, I blame Obi-Wan and now I'm going to work for the guy that murdered all my friends and just in pursuit of Obi-Wan for not stopping him from murdering my friends. Um, so yeah. Uh, I think we can move to the next question though. Another one from Jax365. Do you think we have another Vader versus Obi-Wan fight? Will we see Qui-Gon Jinn in the final episode? I think we'll see Qui-Gon and uh, I, based off the concept art that they showed way early on in production of this show i feel like we will have another vader versus obi battle but based off how thoroughly he got his ass handed to him i don't think he's done enough progress to even stand a chance um so i'm kind of leaning no but i don't know uh zach what are you thinking probably because like it doesn't matter he's gonna have some moment where like you know it all clicks and he He's back in touch with the force fully and all that. It's fine. It, like, 
you can't overthink this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Star Wars has always kind of been like, uh, just go on for a ride. And now more so than ever to an extent, but like eh, some cool shit will happen. I can guarantee that. I thought I sort of thought in the last episode it was him sort of coming to grips with the fact that he's not much of like a fighter anymore and that he's going to have to like beat Vader with wits at this point because he understands he's not powerful yeah. enough to the fight. Problem with that, the problem with that is that in about five years in the timeline in Rebels, he just destroys Darth Maul in a lightsaber battle. Right, but Darth Maul is like old as shit then too. Yeah, but so is really- now he's got to get his groove back. I don't really think he can. He literally, yeah, like, he's got, Darth, he's Maul, got- Darth Maul gets like wrecked by him, and we have no proof that Darth Maul had like lost a step. Well, we saw he lost by. I mean, so. Okay, yeah, he lost a step as in he doesn't have legs anymore, but but he <laughs> has new robot legs and they seem to work fine. So I like Maul was was like the leader of a crime syndicate at that point. He obviously still right. was like you know pretty impactful and powerful. So I don't know. forgetting the midichlorians. When he got cut in half, he lost half of his midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta remember that. But somehow Anakin is, is no weaker despite having lost both of his legs and arms. Yeah, well that's because he's literally Jesus, if you yeah. haven't figured that out. Yeah. So Yeah, it's the uh, whole thing's pretty stupid. Um yeah. midichlorians are such a mistake. But anyway, um yeah. That's what I mean. It's all it's all good fun, right? Like yeah. whatever. Who fucking cares? So anyway, I, I, I agree that I think Obi Wan will. To answer the question, I think Obi Wan will have a like. He might have his moment with Qui Gon and like some, have like a revelation, and now he's like that. You know, it's gonna have to be like a little yeah. bit hand wavy, and they'll have yeah. another Vader and Obi Wan fight, and he'll hold his own. I mean, it's gonna have yeah. to be another standstill because I don't think, given the whole. You know, last time I saw you, I was but the learner, and now I'm the master line in New Hope. That I don't think Vader can really. Defeat. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, I, I think Vader has to, like, at the very least, be in a like a, a kind of a tie with Obi Wan. Um, so I don't think he can like beat him down in their final confrontation like he did in the earlier episode. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Right? If they want to make that line finally make sense again, like, right? And I think it works based on like Obi um, just tricking him with the the two transport ships in the last episode. But that and like that was the whole point of the flashback, obviously. But I still think they're probably gonna have to fight again, and like it'll have to be more of an even match. I will just say, in regards to the Maul thing, I don't. He didn't like own Maul in that fight in the sense of like him versus Anakin, where it was like a super crazy, dope ass lightsaber battle. Like Maul just was like too overcome with anger and whatever, and Obi just like read him like a book and sliced him in half, basically. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing. Like, it was a very quick fight, but I think. Still, like, oh, if Obi Wan is like so disconnected from the Force and the way he was at the beginning of the series, like, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, but I think that he can reconnect with the Force without becoming the duelist he once was. I don't think he'll ever be like. I mean, he obviously won't be as good as he was because, like, we saw him in New Hope, and he got like he's not that much older. He's only nine years older, and he gets like stomped by Vader. So, yeah. um, I'm just saying, I think it'll have to be more of an even. They're going to fight again, and it'll have to be more of an even match. Yeah, I will say before we get to the last question, I just got to say like uh, Vader's fight with with Reva was one of my favorite fights ever because it remind it was like it was like the Jedi version of the ending of Rogue One where it just shows his full power and how much better he is than mm. like an above average person. <laughs> and 
how he like literally was just like, I'm not even going to use my fucking lightsaber for the first like three quarters of this. Like, I'm just going to force block every strike that you try to take on me. And then I'll pull out my lightsaber and then I'll take your lightsaber and both halves of it and yeah. fucking hand you your own ass like 15 times in a row. I don't, I don't think he ever used his. I think he broke hers in half and used yeah. half hers. I oh, yeah, I guess he did. Yeah. yeah, he never even pulled out his own He lightsaber. never pulled out his own. Yeah. He just was like, I'm going to snap yours in half and use half of yours. Yeah. yeah that, did, that, did you? Yeah. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a good point. I forgot about that already. Yeah. Did, did you guys notice... Um, that she started, she actually changed the way she was fighting also. Like, she tried to take advantage of the fact that he's so bulky and slow when she went behind him, which I thought was kind of clever. And, like, they didn't try to explain it or anything. It was just, like, one of those show don't tell, which they usually don't really do. But you no, know what I'm talking Filoni about. Filoni is she, like, really good. Him? Yeah. yeah. Filoni is really good with lightsaber uh, choreography. So yeah, he, it was super cool. Yeah, like if he had any say in that, like all the battles and like the Clone Wars and stuff were and Rebels were like pretty smartly thought out like that as far as like strategy mm. and stuff like that. Because um, Ahsoka kind of does, does the same thing. I was about him. to say everyone should go watch Ahsoka versus Vader and Rebels. It's uh, Twilight of the Twilight of the Apprentice is the name of the. It's a two part episode, but that battle is so good. Yeah, like that's another really well thought out lightsaber battle. This was definitely like sort of a a less evenly matched but equally well thought out battle like that as far as the strategy she used and everything and then just like vader like thoroughly dominated reva because she's on in no way anywhere close to even the level of ahsoka but then yeah i mean he beat the shit out of ahsoka too and was kind of toying with her she got like one good strike off yeah she broke his she broke his helmet and yeah Yeah. which was like he just went like full anger beast and just it was like ready to basically kill her then she got away somehow. Um, anyway, I think we can move to our next question. Uh, one more before the After Dark segment. And hopefully, I don't think we're going to go super long on After Dark. We're going to have to speed things up a little bit. This is so long again. Another two-part yeah. podcast. Uh, all right. Uh, question from G-Baked to finish off the nerd section. Another Obi-Wan. Some people complain about too many established characters showing up in the Star Wars shows, but I love it. What character showing up in the Kenobi finale would make you excited? Matt? Uh, let's let's take Qui-Gon out of the equation because that's the obvious that feels like a given yeah yeah um I would like to see Yoda that'd be kind of cool I think I think Obi-Wan having a moment with Yoda where he's like maybe even set up the Qui-Gon um moment where he's like Yoda I need I need Qui-Gon's teaching I just can't figure out how to contact him and Yoda gives him like a you know some kind of weird barely understandable morsel of wisdom that like unlocks it for him. That would be interesting, but this, well, yeah, I guess Obi doesn't, maybe this is where we figure out where Obi figures out that Yoda is on Dagobah or did he tell him that at the end of Revenge of the Sith? Um, no, I think Yoda just says, I'm going to go into hiding, into hiding in a train. Yeah. Mind or whatever. And, yeah, I don't know if he did say where, but Obi-Wan obviously does know that Yoda's on Dagobah. I mean, obviously, that's that's pretty easily hand-waved away. It's just like they talked at some point, but it would be yeah. nice to see. It would be cool to see Yoda if they were like, you know, holocron. Uh, or not holocron. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Talking to each other. Zach, who's the character you want to say? I don't fucking know. I was trying to come up with a funny joke, but my brain really isn't working right now. Uh, so it's going to be Qui-Gon. So, I mean, Qui-Gon's know. definitely going to be in it. I'll just say I think maybe 
I mean, they already used uh, Tamura uh, Morrison, but I'll say first first live action Captain Rex. Although, oh. it, and maybe use that as a lead in to well, no, because the timelines don't match up. I was gonna say maybe as a lead into the Ahsoka show, but that doesn't work. Um, what about uh, Kit Fisto? No, he's not he's actually dead. dead. Shit, usually he's not. No, he's not. He's back. What? <laughs> he's back because his name is Fisto. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke. Can you wait, wait? Can you imagine naming your character Kit Fisto? Honestly, like that had to be a joke, right? Yeah, that that might have been Lucas uh, having a sense of humor. Fisto? <laughs> and then props to props to Filoni for giving guys like Kit Fisto like an actual story in Clone Wars rather than just being like, oh yeah, what about um, what's his name? The fucking well, no, actually they see him dead, so never mind. I can't even remember his name, but. There was this one Jedi who who they see in one of the tanks in the like basement of, of Fortress Inquisitorius. Um, well, I was I was gonna say in regards to that, if there was speculation that in one of the last tubes that Obi was walking by, although it's horseshit that this would be the case because he would definitely stop and look at this one. But people were like, "That was Mace Windu." Yeah, no, no. it fucking wasn't. Um, if they what's the if name they of somehow the brought Mace Windu back, that would be my number one. Like, what's the name of the Jedi? They mentioned. Tala talks about him. So he's like part of their crew. Like he's been working with Tala's like people. Oh, I forget his name. Quinlan, it looks- Quinlan, Quinlan Voss. Quinlan yeah, Voss. Yes. We've never seen him. We've never seen yeah. it. Um, well, well, I, I, who is sort of like, like the, like in Clone Wars, like a Native American tracker almost, like yeah. the way that he operates. And he, he and Canon, like, you know, went undercover with Asajj Ventress for a while and then, like, actually switched to the dark side and then switched back to the light side. So. Um, that'd oh, be man, cool. make up your mind, <laughs> bro. Chill, <laughs> pick one side. The ultimate great Jedi, <laughs> mad dramatic. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's probably just going to be Qui Gon. But if yeah, I, if I could, if I could pick one dream character to show up, it'd be Windu because I fucking love Mace Windu. Windu would be really cool. But I, I mean, in a flashback, we could see him. I guess. Um, no, he could still be alive. Fuck, dude. Wait, if Darth Maul could still be alive, Windu could not still be alive. alive. You talking did, you guys play, did you guys play Fallen Order? I don't think Alex. Did you play it? You did, right? I I played like an hour of Fallen Order, and then bro, I, they could literally actually get Cal Kestis in the show. Okay, that's cool. That would be, that would be pretty, pretty dope, actor. actually. Like, he's yeah. literally based on a real person. So. Yeah, yeah, and that is like very much canon that game. Yeah, what is? And we already did the Fortress Inquisitorious yeah, they, whole fucking they, they, game. I really want to. I really want to go back and finish that game because they they have the sequel okay. coming. It's yeah. so fucking good, dude. Do not read anything about the end. Just play it through, please. Yeah, no, I will. I just I've already seen at least part of what the end is of that game. Wait, did you you didn't fucking play it and you watched it? I I something oh, came, no. I had a I had like a like a recommended YouTube video come up at one point oh, and it Jesus I. It was like, can you beat blank at the end of... Oh, no. You fucking... Oh, you got it spoiled, bro. Yes, I got oh, it spoiled. No. Bro, yeah. dude, not knowing that that was going to happen was... And yeah, that whole thing is crazy. Matt, just get there eventually. Take your time. No, I'll, I I like... I was playing it for a while, and then some other game came out that I really... I don't even remember what it was anymore, but some game came out that I really wanted to play, and then I just never picked it back up, but I really should. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But anyway, all right, let's move on to Nixmail.bag after dark. Hello, ladies.
All right, so our first After Dark question comes from our buddy Jordan Bub, at Bub Jordan on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Zach, you should be offended that you were not included in this, I guess. Uh, fate of the world hangs in the balance on three free throws. Who would we have taking the shot between me, Schwinney, Prez, or Stacy? Um, seeing as I'm in it, I will say I would not pick me first. I would say Prez for sure. Prez. Yeah, yeah I was also going to go press. Um, I, I think it would be a tight battle between me and Stacy for second because I do know that Stacy goes out and plays a lot. I've been so, yeah, is, is, you guys could probably appreciate this. I like, I despise uh, like the cardio aspect of working out. And so no, I often no. play basketball as like just a way to get cardio that's actually fun for me. Um, but one of the things I've been doing lately is I've been doing a free throw challenge for myself where I have to make like X number of free throws in a row to stop shooting free throws. But if at any point I miss two in a row, then I have to do. So it's like where my basketball, like quote unquote court is. It's not really a court. It's just like two hoops on one mm. end of a giant pavement thing from one another. And it's definitely like at least one and a half basketball courts, if not longer in between the two. So I have to like do like a full sprint layup to one full sprint layup back basically. And uh, so I've had to do a lot of full sprint layups, but I've also gotten quite a bit better at free throws recently (laughs) because I'm trying to get out of having to do my sprints. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that makes me maybe want to put myself second, but uh, I think I'll probably put Stacy and slightly below me and then Schwinn a distant fourth because Schwinn when self-describing himself says he's mostly just like a, get up your ass defensive player and not much use on offense other than being like a good passer. So that's where I'd be at. Zach, where do you put yourself in these rankings? I don't know. I've never seen any of you play, but I do know that I'm decent at free throws. That's all I got. If I'm, if I'm shooting set, I I can shoot really well. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to say that you're right in the second. I'm definitely putting Prez first though, no matter what, because Prez literally talks about his own basketball game. Like he talks about his like, like uh, fanatical, like breakdowns of, of like other players, <laughs> like that he does for like drafting and shit where he's like, yeah, I did this to my release and blah, blah. blah and I've like been working on this and this and this, and I do this drill and that drill and the other drill. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> so you're definitely number one Prez. Uh, even with the recent little minor wrist surgery he just had and everything, I would still take him with a half busted recovering wrist over, over me probably because he definitely knows what the fuck he's doing and i think he played he went to lawrenceville prep like very shortly after joakim noah did and i'm pretty sure he played for their basketball team and that's like not a bad school by any stretch of the imagination like that's a really good prep school so i think Perez played there i know he definitely went there for school but i think he played on their basketball team um matt if there was if there was the fate of the world and you had to make one out of three free throws could you do it I honestly don't know. And just how bad is your jumper form? It's terrible. <laughs> well, okay, so actually, it's not the form. I've been told by my friends that, um, I, I mean, I haven't actually played basketball in probably 10 years, but um, I've been told by my friends when I did play basketball occasionally in the past that my jumpers always looked amazing coming out of my hands, and every time I'd be like, oh, shit, that's going in. And then it would be either like over the backboard or three feet short. <laughs> so it's so like Michael Scott, basically. I have no idea how to modulate the the strength I put into my jumper to, to hit a shot. <laughs> so you're basically Michael Scott is what you're saying. 
Yeah, like it, it just it looks fine apparently, but I just have no idea how hard I have to to yeah. throw the ball. Um. All right. Well, there's your answer. Hopefully, hopefully Matt does not get included in this. Uh, in this. Yeah. I mean, I like. I don't want to say I wouldn't be able to make one, but I just I'm definitely not going to say I would be able to make one. Let's say you get two calibration jumper, two calibration shots from the free throw line first to just like figure out your range, and then you get one out of three. Could you do it? I still don't know. Oh man, yeah, that's all right. I'm gonna go with no. I have <laughs> that unsure. Shot a basketball like when I say I haven't played basketball in ten years, I haven't shot a basketball in probably ten years. Yeah, we need to uh, video this and put it on the internet. We should we should take a video of this if we no, ever do like doing that. If we ever do like a basketball meetup and you come just to like hang out, we're gonna make you shoot jumpers. I will yeah. and I will refuse because I don't want to. I am happy to talk about it, but like everyone can be like, okay, he's over exaggerating. The thing is, I'm not. So I don't want anyone to see it. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, moving to our next uh, after dark question, we have from Stacy's mom in the uh, in the Discord. Early entry. This was this question was asked like almost two weeks ago. So early entry for the next mailbag. Why is my son so obsessed with your moms? Uh, uh, Stacy Patton's mom is in the the Discord now. Um, <laughs> why do we think uh, Stacy's so obsessed with your mom? What? It's a, it's a, the fucking Schwinn and Stacy, like, especially, like, some of the people in Discord just, like, respond to your mom. To her. You've seen it before, Zach. They, I do, I, mean, I do it too, to be fair. It's fun sometimes. I, I've always thought it was not to be like, uh, I'm above this, but I've always thought it was very dumb. So I don't really care. So juvenile. <laughs> How dare you all do that? Uh, <laughs> grow up, Matt. You know, no, you, you, you grow up. I need to grow down. Grow down, Matt. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I I'm gonna assume. Uh, uh, you know, I'll take a I'll take a nice answer to this. Stacy has such a great relationship with his own mother that he feels that he should remind everybody of their own or something. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Anyway, Stacy's mom is actually uh, our buddy Far Off the Mark uh, in Discord, who has made a clever name change. So Far Off the Mark asked for his second question. Uh, since we know Schwinn's answer, <laughs> what kind of pain would you prefer over trading for Kyrie Irving? Uh, Schwinn tweeted earlier today that he would rather <laughs> take a nail gun to his balls than get Kyrie Irving. Uh, so, Zach, what would you rather do than get Kyrie Irving? Uh, wipe my ass with a cheese grater. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, well, I've been holding on to that one for so long. All right, all right, Matt. What would you rather do? I would rather. Um, man, this is gonna be like maybe over the top, but I don't know. Schwinn did nail gun to his balls and that. Anyway, um, clearly, clearly, piss my pants in public. That's, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the bar was set for more self mutilation, and you just took embarrassment. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. I don't want to do it. But that's yeah. clear. Like everyone around me, I'm like, oh, I'm like in like the on the streets of New York, and like everyone around me can clearly see that I'm pissing my pants. At the very moment. <laughs> but then most of those people you're never going to see again. That's a pretty low stakes thing, to be honest. Okay, like, I don't. Sorry, I didn't think of a good one. What do you? What the fuck do you want from me? Do yours. All right. Um, I would. Uh, I would rather sand my nipples off with <laughs> low low grit sandpaper oh, and God. Uh, get Kyrie Irving on the Knicks. 
Ooh. I feel like I had to one up. I think I just did based off the. Dude, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> close enough. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> All right. Well, we. <laughs> I have no nipples. You have a <laughs> cheese cratered ass, and Schwinn is taking a nail gun to his balls. So. <laughs> Uh, and Matt peed his pants. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, really great scale of things. <laughs> well, that's your problem. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, the rest of these are all from Jax365, uh, who is our usual After Dark All-Star here. So it, it came to impress today. Um, so first question, if this happened, what party do you think he runs with in which state? Uh, someone named Philip Lewis had said Stephen A. Smith said on JJ Reddick's podcast that he was approached about running for Senate. Uh, so Matt, what party would he be with? Um, he would. He'd be a Democrat. Right? Yeah, I really want to say Republican just for fun, but he would be a Democrat. Yeah. He's not. He's not a, that big of a piece of shit. He's just as dumb sports. He does have some weirdly regressive gender politics reviews, but um, yeah. he generally like. I think, I mean, yeah, he's not like Herschel Walker, you know? So I think he'd probably be a Democrat. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think? I mean, uh, he's from, didn't he, he grew up, like, he, he lives in Connecticut, so it would be Connecticut. I think it Double might be, Texas. I was going to say it might be, uh, like, Pennsylvania, Philly district or something. Well, yeah, he used to work, he used to work in, he used to work in Philly. Um, obviously he's from New York. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he would probably try for New York and get destroyed by AOC in the primaries, <laughs> uh, or something like that. I don't know. I guess I could be... like kind of see someone being like, yeah, you could run against Chuck Schumer. Like that's not, doesn't seem impossible. He could just like, I mean, he would do great in debates. I'll say that much. You give him the talking points and just say, go. Well, yeah, debate. I mean, as long as, like, you literally had an earpiece in his ear so you could tell him what he had to say. Yeah. yeah. I don't think well, he, you know, you was coach able him to. up well enough on policy and stuff. I think he could do it. I don't know. I guess it really depends on how smart he is. Yeah, I don't know. I think consensus, though, he would be a somewhat moderate Democrat, but he's definitely, I don't think he's over to Republican levels. No, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to joke about him being a Republican, but it's really not. Yeah. And who knows what state, I don't know, whatever state the Democratic Party thinks that he could win a seat in, because that's just how it works now. Um, all right. Uh, which Stephen A. Smith meme would you want to be repeated in the Senate? I'm trying to think. Bamboozle? Ba- <laughs> yeah, bamboozle. That would be pretty not real. It's not, a, it's not a real Stephen A. Smith meme, but I would want um, Skip, you know... I, I, you know, whatever about the, I don't remember the, fuck, I don't remember the exact tweet, but the one about the, hol- you know, the Holocaust one. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would want, I would want the old SNL skit, the, uh, find it. the, um, uh, Chris Bosch is a dear, dear friend of mine. We, we've shared showers together. <laughs> we've done yeah. this, we've done that. <laughs> I would want that one. And that's again, not a real Stephen A. Smith thing, but the, some of the best ones for Stephen A. I think are the, the okay, here, here it is. Here it is. Um, Skip, I want to address this issue. You know I am sensitive to the Holocaust, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty fantastic. Uh, all right, well, I think that answers that. Honestly, on the spot, I have a hard time thinking of too many of like the actual ones from him. I just know like the satire ones. Yeah. Uh, all right, next question from Jax three six five. Is this video of 
Anna de Armas uh, right. saying her name hot. Uh, it was you didn't even you didn't even say her name the way she says it four hundred times in the day. Anna de Armas. Anna, Anna de Armas. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's fucking hot. That's hot she's really like hot. she she's saying it. So yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she could be saying a giant fucking turd shit. And I would be like, this is can we, weirdly we, hot. Can we get a video of her saying my name? Because I would also think that was hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, it's attractive woman saying her name. She has a, a, a Spanish accent. Like, hell yeah. I mean, of course. it's Of course it's hot. Um, <laughs> speaking of accents, so, uh, this is where I say, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so the next time Alex does a quote unquote British accent, can he do... A Scouse, uh, Mank, Geordie, or Brummy accent instead, or better, Zach and Matt do them too. I know that those are all like subsections of like England and like their different accents because there are different accents, just like there are different accents like in the US, for example, although it's a much smaller country. But I, those may as well all be fucking made up words to me. I don't know what the fuck the difference is. <laughs> um, I actually used to be able to do a pretty good Michael Caine impression, which is obviously a Cockney accent. Can I hear it? I can't do it anymore. You have to do it. What? No, is I really, this? I really can't. Like, I can't do it anymore. So it's not going to sound like anything. All right. When we go to the pickup game, you're either doing a British accent or you're shooting free throws. Yeah, I can try to do a British accent. I just can't do a Michael Caine accent anymore. Okay. Do it. Can we do, do British? British Wait, do do British uh, Mad Dog as Morty? <laughs> Hold on. All right, move move on, and I'll think. I, I got to prepare for that, so keep going. He's going to just bust in, like, kick down the door like the Kool-Aid man when we're talking about something else, just with <laughs> a ridiculous accent. It's going to be great. Well, you know what I think, Mike? I just I don't know. Mike, <laughs> I just finished my afternoon tea, and I think that, that the Giants will not beat the Patriots. They will not <laughs> I oh. thought I heard Dobby in there. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely yeah, Dobby. Dobby. Yeah, was, <laughs> pretty sure. Dobby, Dobby has a British accent, so you know. Yeah. All right, oh, that geez. counts. Oh, jeez, Mike, I just I don't know about the Giants this year. <laughs> oh my oh, god. <laughs> oh no. Oh jeez. Oh, I'm shit, Mike. I'm total shit. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, this is getting like something else. <laughs> no, that's, that's a Morty thing. That's more like toxic Morty. Yeah. Uh, when it's the worst version of himself. But I just watched that episode the other day. So it was at the, at the front of my brain. Anyway, uh, another question from Jax365. What's your reaction to this? Uh, another tweet from Ryan Broderick. Uh, the boys subreddit is chaos right now. Threads getting locked. Users rage deleting whole accounts. It's amazing. Right wing users are whining about no politics. But it's impossible to talk about the show without them now. Fans who thought Homelander was cooler in a meltdown. Um, okay, can I, I just jump in and say I have not watched the new season yet? So. What? All right, yeah, well, it's on the list. I got a lot of shit to watch, all right? Well, Zach, I'll just say it's not even really spoiling anything that they do a really sort of on-the-nose representation of, like, Trump and how he sort of treated the media and stuff. And okay. they also well, I do... think actually what people are reacting to is um, Blue Hawk. No, I know. That's what I was going to say. They do a, also a really on-the-nose version of how, like, people on Twitter react to, like, Black Lives Matter versus, like, All Lives Matter, okay. Blue Lives Matter. I see. It was um, really... Honestly, it was, it was so funny. They, they, had this, they had this guy who was, like, essentially just going up there like a... 
you know, angry, like, cop or Twitter user or whatever and saying all the same shit. It was really funny. Um, well, but it was always – it was political last season, yeah. too. It was just a little more subtle. That's no, what I was about to say. It's hilarious that some people didn't catch on last season when they essentially had Stormfront leading the Proud Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, like the, <laughs> the villain from last season was a literal Nazi. What are yeah, we, a literal what are Nazi doing here? leading the Proud Boys. And I think that went over everyone's head, I guess. I think there's still this line, though, with some of the people where they think that being like Blue Lives Matter and like, right. I love authoritarian states, but I still hate Nazis is like, right, right, right. you know, a line that they can't put two and two together with just yet. Yeah, yeah. good. I'm she, glad they I mean, did that. She was like, Stormfront last season was all about making Homelander the Ubermensch. Like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Which is funny because last season, the Homelander was like, I'm really not into that shit. And now. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I guess they decided they needed to be less subtle. Yeah, apparently, and they were right. Yep, and uh, as always, it uh, it, it got the the eight chan users up in a flurry. So yeah, I mean, and people, uh, fuck yeah, people who don't like the if if I just don't, I will never understand people who can watch a show like The Boys and be like they agree with me. Yeah, as the me being like somebody who's like ultra conservative fascist those people so, all right. it's like the people that it's them. like the people that watch or like the people that see tom morello speak out yeah against oh, yeah. nazis and then are like oh, what the fuck i'm never listening to rage against the, yeah, machine, I love rage against the machine when it was like super in favor of right-wing ideals and that's, that was never a case <laughs> yeah exactly uh all right zach question for you how are you today and how is your new cat uh i'm good i'm pretty good i'm chilling uh the, so the cat is gone now. It was not my cat. It was my sister's cat. Uh, how so how did trying. how did that all go though? You never updated. Oh, it was fucking great, man. It was so funny. Like they they were terrified of each other. My cat is <laughs> such a wimp, dude. Like I love him to death, but he's such a wimp. So like he was so scared uh, before he even saw that it was a cat. He was like he knew there was something in my room, and he was so scared. And when I first introduced them, he made the most pathetic meow that I've ever heard and just ran behind the couch and stayed there for hours. It was so pathetic, but it was very funny. Uh, but eventually, you know, they got, they got, they were playing. It was, it was great. Now I feel bad because now he's alone again. And like, I don't know if I should get another cat, but then that's a single male with two cats. And that seems a little sus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little aware of that too. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weighing the pros and cons. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I think you should do it because more cats. I know they're so cute, man. They were running around the apartment together. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, honestly, I had so my wife and I just recently had to put our one cat down. It was like really oh, old. Dude, I'm sorry about that. Learn. I can't imagine. Yeah. But uh, so we have two cats, and our younger cat now is just like unbridled energy at all times. And like the older cat didn't even play with him that much, like his last like two years. But like. I swear to God, since we had to have him put down, our younger cat is just like zipping around the house all the fucking time, being like, play with me, play with me, play with me. And I'm like, when the fuck are we getting another cat? Because he needs to get this energy out with someone other right. than me. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. With the kid, is he like, how young is that cat? He's like five now, but like. Oh, he's still got that much energy? He's still pretty energetic, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, well, he still he sleeps a ton too because he's a cat. Yeah, but he's yeah. a cat. He's <laughs> still a cat, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna close the show off by attacking Matt. 
Uh, Matt, why did you wait until Drew gave an answer and agreed with him on the last pod? Don't you have any of your own opinions? Um, so, Jax, I'll give you the answer you want first, which is, no, I have no opinions. I just rely on Drew for everything. Drew's a genius, and I am a stupid, 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 stupid. And um, that's... <laughs> And you Drew's know. in your ear right now, feeding your yeah. answers. Right. I don't even know what to say. If uh, Luckily, I'm on the phone with Drew, and he's telling me what to say. Uh, the real answer is um, that we don't want to extend this podcast. I mean, we're over three hours today, which has to be a record. Um, yeah, we, we, we don't want to <laughs> extend this podcast more than we already extended it because we all talk so goddamn much. Oh and so if, if I don't have something like substantive to say, or Zach doesn't have something substantive to say, we just say I agree to save some time. Yeah, that does often happen. Yeah, that's optimization there. Yeah. That's what that is. Anyway, all right. I think this is it's as the good fucking off season. We went three hours. What the fuck? Crazy. Yeah, I think this this one didn't feel as long as some of the other. Close no, it, did, it didn't. But I think the only pod we've done longer than this is the the Marvel one. Marvel. Yeah. Oh my god. Or maybe Star Wars. Star Wars might have been longer than this too. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember how long Star Wars was. Marvel was like three and a half hours. Yeah. Anyway. We've gone on long enough. This has been episode 61 of Nick's Mail.bag. Eight uh, more. 69 soon cometh, and we're yeah. going to do something fun for that. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for asking questions. We'll see you guys on the other side of the draft. And Whee! probably on the other side of free agency. Because I think, I think that Drew's going to yeah, handle all have, free agent questions. Right, and we have July, July 4th week, two weeks from now. So probably will be after free agency starts. Yep. So thanks everybody for listening. Peace out. Talk to y'all next time. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.